This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about Canada's rocky relations with China now. It seems like things started going downhill late last year when Canada arrested Chinese tech executive Meng Wanzhou at the request of the Americans. Since then, China has arrested and detained Canadians. In apparent uh, retaliation for that, China has banned uh, some Canadian imports of meat and canola. We even had a Chinese couple of Chinese fighter jets reportedly buzz a Canadian warship a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just today, get the Chinese government confirming yet another Canadian has been detained in China on drug charges. Let's uh, talk about these issues now with my guest. Peter McKay, the former federal foreign affairs minister in the previous conservative government, uh, he is now a partner with the international law firm Baker McKenzie. I'm very pleased to welcome him. Hi. Hey, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Appreciate it. Happy um, to do it. Uh, the Justin Trudeau government insists that they're standing up to the Chinese government over, over these disputes. I mean, we saw Trudeau uh, recently at the G20 summit where he, he did not have a, a formal face-to-face formal meeting with the president of China, Xi Jinping, but he did get what do they call it? A pull aside where they you know a Trudeau goes and has side. a little yeah, has goes goes and has a little huddle with them in the corner with an interpreter, right? That's about right. It it certainly isn't a, a planned or a, a set agenda item. It uh, it was more or less they ran into each other on the way to a cultural event, although I'm sure it was very deliberate on the part of our Prime Minister but not truly effective and not something that would allow our Prime Minister to make the case effectively for the release of Canadians and perhaps uh, one would hope uh, a return to some sort of some semblance of better diplomatic relations because depending on how you look at this the tensions have been very high and relations very low according to uh, the outgoing Chinese ambassador they're at rock bottom. Yes, indeed. I mean, what can Trudeau do, though, if uh, he can't get a meeting with the Chinese president? If they refuse to meet with him, isn't like a pull aside at a G20 about the best we could do? Or do you think we should be pressing them for a more formal sit down? Well, if you're asking me what we can and should be doing, I think one of the top of that list would be to name an ambassador to Canada. I think that would that would certainly help. And, And the outgoing ambassador, as you know, Mr. McCallum did not do much to really help the situation and apparently continues to insert with his opinions, which are, quite frankly, unhelpful. Uh, I think we can also continue to press our, our allies, as we have been doing, certainly the United States, but others, Great Britain, European allies, and, and allies that we have in the region. The difficulty, of course, is that China has been steadily escalating uh, you mentioned the recent arrest, but we've also seen escalation of trade sanctions on Canadian products, yep. uh, on canola, on pork and beef, and, and we don't know what is next. There is uh, real pressure on many ag sector uh, products in Canada already, and so this, this comes at a very difficult time for them. Uh, we also have seen, as was the case with Saudi Arabia, that they have other things in their arsenal. Bringing their students home would be a huge blow to the Canadian economy. Mm. Yeah. So we, we are in a precarious position. We don't have a lot of leverage, but we do have certain things that we could do, it, it, considering 
that uh, we have a huge trade deficit with China right now. There's a lot of Chinese products that we could contemplate putting sanctions on, trade sanctions or tariffs. And we can also consider stepping up inspections, which is what led to the allegations somehow that there was a risk for China to import Canadian pork and beef. So there are things that we can do to retaliate that would send a message to China. And, And right now it appears that we are really capitulating. WTO sanctions, UN complaints, there are other ways in which we can voice our displeasure that would perhaps get China's attention. But it all goes back to what you said, and that is that Canada, following an international request from the United States to follow our treaty obligations, took into custody Ms. Meng Wanzhou. But look at how she's been treated compared to how Canada's hostages, is how I would describe them, have been treated Okay, you mentioned that maybe we should rely on our allies more. What about the Americans? I remember uh, Donald Trump at one point said that, oh, don't worry, I can, I can intervene for you and I can talk to the Chinese president on, on Justin Trudeau's behalf. Do we know if Trump ever did that? Did he ever, did he ever make a representations on Canada's behalf to the Chinese president? Well, it's very unclear whether yeah. there was a specific reference to the hostages in particular. Um, there has been very sketchy reporting of that, and the Canadian government has been very slow to confirm any detail of yeah. that discussion. So it certainly wasn't effective if, if it was raised at all. And, and I would suggest that we are running out of options. The United States, of course, uh, ironically benefits from the sanctions that have been placed on Canadian products because their farmers can pick up those contracts. Mm. Speaking to former Foreign Affairs Minister Peter McKay about uh, Canada-Chinese relations, you mentioned the possibility of Canada imposing retaliatory tariffs. We've seen what the sanctions that China has taken against our products, especially meat and canola. Um, I remember when we were in a fight with the Americans. I remember Trump came after our aluminum and our steel, and we didn't hesitate to to fire back at them and and put retaliatory tariffs on their stuff. That is absolutely correct. And so it begs to, it stands to reason that we would do the same. And uh, with a very large number of Chinese products coming into Canada, some $17 billion annually uh, on textiles, on plastics, on on tech. Uh, There are lots of options as to how we could put similar sanctions in place. I dare say the other issue is Huawei and whether Canada will buy their product, if you will, or allow them to administer our 5G network. Why on earth would we do that? Put the security issues aside for a moment, which are the primary reasons we shouldn't. But in the current climate that we find ourselves, why would we continue to dangle any hope that we are going to take Huawei on as the administrator of our 5G network? Okay, I think Trudeau looks looks weak here. But on the other hand, is Trudeau, to be fair to him, is he also in a, in a difficult position given that China is such a, a large and critical trading partner with Canada with billions of dollars of trade on the line, as you mentioned? Um, is there is there a possibility that if we get into a trade war with China with retaliatory tariffs that we just end up shooting ourselves in the foot with a lot of consumers and businesses that rely on trade with China? Well, your question off the top, I think it's both. I think uh-huh. we are in a very difficult situation. The government, the prime minister, found himself in a difficult position. But we are looking weak. And yeah. we are looking as if we're just on the receiving end of a bullying effort from China. And I think there's an element of them wanting to make an example of us. But we do have various 
ways in which we can push back. I, I would suggest another is to comment more publicly and more adamantly in support of the people of Hong Kong right, or Taiwan right. yeah. or Uyghurs who are being imprisoned in China or Tibetans or practitioners of Falun Gong, uh, all kinds of oppressed minorities. And Canada likes to tout itself as a champion of these people. But here's an opportunity to call China out directly and voice displeasure. We don't want to get into a, a escalating trade war, but it appears that it is being escalated, but only by one side. And we're, to use a, a hockey term, turtling as a result in this fight. Speaking of former Foreign Affairs Minister Peter McKay, you mentioned um, John McCallum, Canada's former ambassador to China, who has said some things that are, are controversial. And, and once again, I mean, here he goes again, how he, he told uh, the South Morning China Post newspaper that he warned contacts he has in China's foreign ministry that if China imposes any further punishments against Canadian exports here in this feud, it could potentially help the federal conservatives win the election in the fall, and that would not be in the best interests of China. What do you think about a former Canadian ambassador making a overtly political comments like that? Well, it's bizarre. It's clearly partisan, <laughs> over the top, certainly unhelpful. Sends a very confusing, mixed message similar to some of the mixed messages that were sent when he still was ambassador and was here in Canada making comments about what uh, it would do for Canada if they were able to somehow just simply release Ms. Meng Wenzhou, which would have enraged the Americans clearly with a 14-count indictment for breaching trade sanctions with Iran. They take these matters very seriously. While it's not certainly enjoyable and certainly it's a situation that's regrettable, we can withstand Beijing not taking our calls. When the White House stops taking our calls or stops meeting with officials, then we know we're in real trouble. So this is a Hobbesian's choice, to be clear. We don't want to be caught between two warring superpowers in a, in a trade war. However, if we have to pick a side, I know who I'm with. Yeah, have we uh, actually appointed a new ambassador to China yet? No, we haven't. We have an acting ambassador, and that's not to suggest that this person isn't capable. We have an extremely competent public service. We have a lot of very, very capable people on the ground in China. But it doesn't carry the same diplomatic weight. And in Chinese culture, face and position and title are very important. And so having an ambassador to our second largest trading partner on an acting basis, to me, doesn't help the situation. And so even if it's naming the current person as the permanent ambassador, let's get on with it. This has been months now, and we've had these Canadians in custody uh, getting on a year, and now more Canadians being taken into right. custody, including one who is on death row. Right. It, it seems like in some ways that Canada's kind of in some ways stuck in the middle here of a, of a bigger dispute between China and the Americans, especially over the arrest of this uh, Chinese tech executive, Meng Wanzhou, as you, as you mentioned. What is your sort of, as a former foreign affairs minister yourself, I mean, what's your kind of gut feeling on where this is going to go? Like, I, I wonder if maybe as the Americans and the Chinese sit down and work out their differences over trade and other issues, that if the Americans perhaps agree to uh, drop the extradition request against Meng Wanzhou, this, uh, the Huawei executive, and maybe maybe that's the answer to solving our problems too, if that's taken off the table. 
There's no question that this is very much tied and wound up in the ongoing disputes between China and the United States, but in particular, this extradition. And yet, what has complicated it for us is some of the reporting, which the Chinese follow very closely, around interference, political interference, in the case of SNC-Lavalin, the Admiral Norman case, because what the Chinese have maintained all along is that Canada and the government, and the Prime Minister in particular, could simply say, we're going to send Ms. Men Wangzhou back. We're going to override our judiciary, forget about the rule of law, forget about the independence of the judiciary. Um, and that, of course, is not the case. But when they saw this well-reported scandal around these two cases that looked and smacked of political interference, they drew a moral equivalency. Yeah. And they said, well, you know, if you can do it for SNC-Lavalin, a Canadian company, why can't you do it for us and for Huawei? But, of course, China, like Cuba and Venezuela and and Iran, some of the countries we buy oil and gas from, these regimes get their way. And uh, we have a much different system, of course, a much more fair, balanced system that allows for legal representation, consular visits, and the rule of law to prevail. And we are are in a very precarious position, in part because of our our own dalliances uh, with the rule of law in Canada. But... To come back to your question, there's no doubt that if the Americans drop the extradition request, it would become far less complicated. We'll see where it goes. Thanks for coming on with your analysis on it today. Appreciate it. Okay, you're very welcome. Okay, that is Peter McKay. He is the uh, former foreign affairs minister for Canada. He's now a partner with the international law firm Baker McKenzie.